Hey, I'm Brett Gornick. I'm Jason Lobig. Welcome to the Live Better Podcast. As Nike trainers, international retreat leaders, and wellness advisors, we help people from all different backgrounds push towards their potential, get healthy, and change the world. This podcast is about teaching others to actively pursue their entrepreneurial dreams, similar to how we pursued ours, and how to get and stay healthy doing it. We didn't start our careers in training and wellness. Jason worked in public accounting, and I, Brett, worked in corporate retail until starting our dream experiential wellness business, Live Better. What started as an idea for a protein bar led us down a path to build what Live Better is now, which performs everything from personal training and corporate wellness to international wellness retreats and yoga and meditation for kids. We are here to encourage you to follow your dreams while holding you accountable. It's not easy, it's not always simple, but it is possible. Let's make today the best day ever. Check in. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Live Better Podcast. This is a four-part series on me, one of your co-hosts, Brett Gornick, one of the co-founders of Live Better, and I'm really excited to take you through this four-part series. Uh, This one will be just about my journey, my life from the start, my early uh, career, starting Live Better, and then where I currently am at. I'm going to dive into personal anecdotes. I'm going to dive into my thought, my development, ups and downs, ins and outs, um, and I hope you can relate to some of it. All right, so today I am going to dive into the beginning, uh, the start of my life. And I was thinking about this recently. I was really thinking about what's my earliest memory. And I think that's a fun thing to think about, contemplate. And I have a vague memory, which I think is fake, of when it has to be fake. Uh, I was born in Chicago and uh, downtown. And I'll never forget that my mom said that I was almost born on Lakeshore Drive. So I was ready and eager to get out into the world. My dad pulled up to the hospital went upstairs with my mom into the hospital and did not even have enough time to come back down to his car to park it (laughs) before I was born. So I always find that funny. And then my, my grandma, my mom's mom uh, nicknamed me Chia Pet because all you had to do was to add water and I would be energetic and ready to go. So I have an early memory, I think it's fake, of me leaving the city. So we left the city when I was about two or three years old and moved out to the suburbs. And I have a faint memory of me sitting in the car seat looking out to the skyline. Um, And I probably have that memory because of a lot of times visiting my dad's mom, who also lived in Chicago, and I loved leaving at night. Uh, If you've ever driven down Lakeshore Drive at night in Chicago and you see the skyline and the lights. Um, So that might be a fake memory. It might be real. My definite first real memory uh, is one of slight panic. And it's in preschool uh, where I grew up in Western Springs, Illinois and went to uh, Kensington Preschool. Anybody from there? Um, And I remember you'd walk into the preschool and there was this big foyer and there was about six or eight classrooms kind of like all encased around the edges. So you'd go wherever you needed to go. And I remember this, this was early on in, in preschool. So who knows how old I was then, but I didn't know where to go. And so I, uh, 
I remember frantically running from room to room until I found my classroom and thought that that was at that point what stress was. Um, so I think that might be my earliest memory. And it's kind of fun to think about, about when your earliest memory was, and then the memories that, that pursue after that. Um, so I grew up in, uh, Western Springs, Illinois, like I said, and, uh, had a great, great childhood. So, um, was into sports, uh, was into having fun. I went through a bunch of different phases as a kid. And I think that that's a really special thing. Um, I think, you know, a lot of what comes of us and a lot of where we end up is honestly what is given to us. And so there's a lot of research out there right now that from zero to seven, so zero to seven years old, your subconscious is developed. Um, This is the time in which you really don't have any critical decision-making power. Um, It's essentially where you're from, what background you have, your social economic status, your parents' outlook on life. Um, And a lot of those things are instilled in you. So whether you had to um, fend for yourself, whether things were given to you, uh, whether your parents loved you or your parents fought a lot or you were raised by someone outside of your family, a lot of those things are instilled in you. And I definitely can go back and, and start to think about a lot of the habits that I have now, a lot of my outlooks on things um, and how that those early years of my life definitely played a large role in that. Um, and so I, when I think about growing up, I think about a lot of the, the positive memories and a lot of the polar opposite, a lot of the tough memories. And so the good things were is that I had a very good, loving family, one of three brothers, an older brother that's a few years older, a younger brother that's a few years younger. And we had a great relationship. We, we fought as much as we hugged each other, as much as we cried, as much as we would tackle each other. Uh, in the street, and we were just playing outside a lot. Um, you know, I grew up in the 90s in Chicago, so it was a lot about the Bulls and Michael Jordan, and I look back at pictures, and I'm always in a in a Bulls jersey. I remember the year that they went 72 and 10, and I was super young then, but it's so cool because some of those early memories I was speaking of, we went and to one of my friend's house every single night or my house to watch one of those games. Um, so I had a bunch of good buddies that lived literally on my street. Um, and we would just, you know, pick which person's house to go to and we'd watch the game. And it was, a, you know, it was like the finals every single night. So that was really cool growing up. I uh, loved sports. I loved playing. I loved being in the street. We would play street football, street baseball, uh, basketball, in my driveway, basketball, in my friend's driveways, just all the time. Um, I was not a gifted athlete, though. So I remember that um, some of the some of the tougher memories growing up were uh, a little bit later on, probably in like fifth or sixth grade. And uh, there was tryouts for our traveling basketball team, which was called the Blazers. Uh, And a bunch of people that I'm still friends with right now were on that team. And I remember that was the first thing I ever really tried out for. I was playing in the recreational leagues and, you know, I'd make shots. I'd play the play the game. I wasn't the last guy on the bench, but I always wasn't a starter. And I remember that was the first time that there was truly a competition to make a team. And I remember after that tryout being like, oh, wow, I am definitely not in the upper caliber of athletes. Um, and at the same time that was going on, uh, actually maybe a few years before that I had my, one of my other biggest struggles, which, um, I've talked about a little bit, but, um, I had a very tough time learning to read. Um, I 
probably was un- undiagnosed and, and probably maybe still am dyslexic. Um, every once in a while, I'll look at a page and, and the words kind of jumble up on me. Um, that does not fault me from reading now. I read more books than probably 90% of, of people. Um, I definitely read slowly. But I'll never forget when I was in first grade and um, my teacher was giving me more of like a book to color the pages so that it was exciting me to learn. Uh, I remember in third grade, this is, again, one of those memories that sticks with you, is that I was taken out into the hall during class, and my third grade teacher, who was awesome, who was super nice, told me that, you know, I should start, uh, when we go into reading time, that I should go with the group that goes to the other room. And if you know what that means, I was essentially going with those that had special needs. Um, so there were a wide range of people that would go to that room. There's probably four or five people from both of the third grade classes, uh, at field park elementary. And, uh, I went into this room and I remember thinking like, you know, you're young and this is before there was a lot of talk about different learning styles. Uh, do I think that my learning style was the correct one? I don't know. Um, and we'll see as, uh, as things progress, if uh, and I learn more about childhood development and things, if if that happens, but um, I knew right away that that's not where I needed to be and not where I needed to belong. So that kind of was the first time I ever realized I have to work really hard for what I want. So again, not a gifted athlete, not a gifted student, specifically in reading. I definitely enjoyed math a lot, um, but I wasn't gifted at anything. I remember that or when I grew up, it was kind of right in the boom of Harry Potter. And I never read the Harry Potter books until I was about 27. Uh, I read all the books back to back to back for the first time. And so it was interesting because those books were being read because they're obviously for, you know, the first books you could read when you were in third, fourth grade. Uh, but I didn't feel comfortable reading them because I couldn't retain the knowledge. Uh, I definitely could not read out loud. Um, still to this day, my number one fear would be to be sat and sit down in front of an audience and read off the teleprompt. I would tweak out. So it's always something I talk about is as I set goals and continue to set goals, that's probably something I should, uh, I should set more goals on because, uh, I suck at it. So that stemmed into a few things, uh, terrible handwriting, which I still have because I was so nervous that I would spell something wrong that I kind of just jumbled the letters together. And I still, to this day, I'm, I'm a terrible speller. My grammar is not very good. It's things that I'm working on, um, goals that I have set, um, for the near future and continue to work on uh, handwriting, honestly, like reading comprehension. Um, I have to do a lot now to really think about what I read and write things down and go through things multiple times. I am not the person that reads something or does something and retains it on the first try. Um, that's maybe where my consistency over intensity mindset has stemmed from. So we you know, go from third grade and I realize I have to work really hard. And then in fourth grade and fifth grade, I work really hard to get good grades and I'm doing, I'm doing well. Um, and I'm playing sports and then we get to junior high school and junior high is where we had, again, we had like a junior high basketball team. Uh, and I remember in my, uh, my sixth grade year, it was, uh, still kind of like everybody played. And then seventh and eighth was where, when the tryouts hit. So seventh grade, I made the B team. Um, again, not the most gifted. And during that time I was going through a very tough 
thing with my knees. Um, I had a very, very severe case of Osgood slaughter, which is, um, if you know what that is, it's essentially this where your kneecap meets your lower leg, your tibia, um, callusing forms. And so I have these huge bumps on the front of my knees that were ultra sensitive then. This was before we knew about stretching, we knew about release, we knew about cryotherapy or anything like that. So I just played through it. And if I would go knee to knee with somebody, I'd be out for the rest of the game. Uh, I'll never forget, I was standing, uh, I was going with one of my buddies on the back of his bike, riding on his pegs, and I kind of slipped off and the pedal whipped around and hit my knee. uh, And I literally blacked out in pain. Um, So that was, you know, that was an interesting, interesting time. And, you know, before that, uh, growing up, I had had a couple other injuries. Uh, I broke my arm when I was in third grade. I remember it was my left arm and I'm I'm left-handed as well. (laughs) I was... uh, on my buddy's in my back uh back of my buddy's yard we were playing around and i kind of jumped off his swing set like the little platform by the swings and my arm completely broke in half so imagine how your wrist can bend up take that move it three inches further towards your arm and my arm was in a complete l shape um my mom was a nurse at the time and i ran home which was about four houses five houses down the block I looked at her and she almost passed out. So my arm was completely broken in half. Thank God it was not a compound fracture. The bone did not go through the skin. Um, It was set in the hospital. I was casted. And uh, that was my first of many injuries. Um, I was a a skater boy in my earlier years as well. So I loved to skateboard. Again, I was not good at it at all. But I remember being able to drop in, ride the half pipe. We had a really cool skate park at my YMCA. Uh, And again, this was one of the things that I think growing up was special about my family unit is my family let us do whatever we wanted in regards to activity. My older brother started a band in our basement. Uh, My younger brother was a really good athlete in regards to uh, sports like soccer, volleyball, basketball. Um, And we kind of just were able to explore things. Uh, My parents didn't pigeonhole us into anything. Their main focus was on us really just consistently working hard. My dad is extremely smart. Uh, one of the most intellectually smart people I know. Um, and my mom is really a hard worker as well. So I got that from my mom. My dad did not pass on as much of his intellectual knowledge as I would have hoped. Uh, my other brothers got that though. They're, they're really, really smart guys. And uh, they, they definitely have, ex- have excelled in, uh, in learning. Um, so I got that from my mom. My mom also raised us and during that time did 15 triathlons. Um, she worked really hard. I remember as a kid being really excited for her doing that, but having no idea how much energy and effort that went into that for her. Um, she was raising all three of us, getting us to school, to sports, to activities, um, and, Working some time on and off, my dad worked um, and worked a, a couple different jobs growing up. Uh, we definitely didn't have, um, you know, we were raised in a, in a really, really nice spot. Um, didn't have everything, didn't have, you know, all the bells and whistles. We traveled very little. Um, we went to some really cool spots. We would take road trips to places like Niagara Falls, um, down to Florida a couple times. Um, and we really just kind of enjoyed living life uh, very simply. Our house wasn't too big. Um, I shared a bedroom with one of my brothers my entire life. 
Uh, we had, <laughs> knowing this now, it's kind of funny, but we had one and a half bathrooms for a family of five, and I never thought it was a big deal. Um, and it was just, it was great. Uh, my, my parents provided perfectly for what we needed, uh, and, I, and I love them very much for that. And I think it was just a really good, uh, good childhood. There was definitely some ups and downs. Um, I never met either of my grandfathers. They both passed away before I was born. My mom's mom passed away when I was in third grade. And I remember that being honestly the most like devastation I had ever felt. My first really understanding of emotion. Um, I was very close with her and I saw her a lot because my mom was pretty much her nurse. Um, and so learned a lot about death and that was really, really challenging. Um, and it led to some tough stuff um, with family. And, you know, I think every family has their ins and outs, their ups and downs. Uh, and there's a lot of a lot of things that came from that in regards to our family. Uh, and, and it's one of those things where you, as a kid, um, you don't really understand how things can impact adults. You think adults are, are invincible. Um, and, you know, my parents have done an amazing job to sustain a healthy relationship um, and they're still kicking it and they're still doing a great job. And I look up to them for that because it's, it's really hard, um, in relationships to stay consistent. So I am jumbling things around because this is just straight off the cuff. So I'm just thinking about things and I've written down a couple highlights, but I just want to, you know, dive into the understanding of how important it is as to reflect on our past, because, you know, these were those developmental years um, and I, and I have a couple things that a couple memories that have stemmed from this. There was one, I was in my driveway shooting baskets. Uh, this is probably eighth grade. And I had a moment, uh, where I was like, man, I just, I want to do something with this in my life. Uh, I want to help kids that don't have the same opportunities as me. Uh, and I really want to help them through sport through movement. Uh, and I just kind of have this memory in my driveway of being like, man, if I could build a place where kids could go and they could learn and they could feel good about themselves and maybe that would help them pursue something bigger. Uh, and we'll circle back on that because that was kind of the, the earliest memory of my, my personal legend, uh, my journey, which I'm, I'm still in pursuit of right now, which is, which is really cool. So we fast forward into high school. Um, and high school was a up and down time for me. I went to Lions Township High School in LaGrange. Uh, go Lions. I think it's, it was amazing. Uh, it was an interesting high school because it was very large. We had about 4,000 kids in our school. And it was divided into two campuses. So there was a north and a south campus. Our south campus was for freshmen and sophomores. And our north campus was for juniors and seniors. So we didn't have that like senior picking on freshmen deal because we never really saw them. Um, yes, you would in sport um, because the sporting fields were kind of back and forth. Our football and soccer were back at south campus. And our basketball and volleyball and wrestling and all that were at north. So you were kind of shuttling around back and forth after school. But you stayed at your spot uh, during the school day. And so I remember high school um, being a lot, a lot for me. Um, I had to work so hard to get the grades in which I knew I deserved. Uh, I was an A and B student. I never got a C in my entire life. And I worked super hard for that. So I remember studying vigorously, coming home and studying and working and um, doing a lot. I had a couple of uh, 
very stupid moments in high school uh, and a lot of really good ones uh, and a lot of ups and a lot of downs. Um, a couple things that I did that were dumb, we'll start with those, is uh, I was a sophomore and thought I was cool. And it was winter and I had just gotten my driver's license. And so I was in my car and there was a cul-de-sac that was a couple blocks from my house. And I thought it'd be a really cool idea to show off to do a donut in that cul-de-sac. And as I'm performing the donut, uh, instead of hitting the brake, my foot slips off and hits the accelerator. I freak out. I go over the curb and ram my car my dad's car, into a backstop. Uh, So there was a baseball diamond there, and I ran right into that. Thankfully, me and the passenger were not injured. Uh, We got out of the car, and by the time I pretty much got out, the cops were already there. My dad there shortly after. The car was totaled, um, and this was a very good learning moment for me on two fronts. One, don't be a dumbass. Um, don't show off in front of others. And my dad handled this very well. Uh, he said, this is going to cost me, I forget the amount, a couple thousand dollars, maybe four or five grand. He said, you're going to pay for it. So I got a job at a grocery store, uh, which is funny because that grocery store is now a personal trainer's gym. So it's kind of funny how that circled back to, to that happening. And I just realized that about a, uh, six, seven months ago when I was driving past that store, that is no longer a grocery store and it is a gym. And if you don't know, I am a trainer. So that's kind of funny how that worked out. Um, so I worked at that grocery store and I worked, um, we're talking seven, eight bucks an hour, whatever minimum wage was then. And I had to make thousands of dollars and I had to give all of it to my dad to pay for the car. Uh, which was huge. And I think that taught me a lot. Uh, I was literally cleaning out the meat grinder. I was cleaning the meat counter. I was organizing shelves. I was bagging groceries. Um, And it was a grind of a job. And as a sophomore in high school, you want to be out and having fun and you want to be doing your homework. And I was working. So I worked part-time and ended up making that money back and gave it to my dad, which was definitely a really important learning lesson for me. Um, so a couple other stories about high school, and then I'll kind of circle back from the beginning. Um, and you'll learn a lot about my ups and downs with my basketball career in high school as well. Um, but a couple other things were I got cut from the basketball team, uh, my junior and senior year. And I'll talk about that in a second, but after one of those years, I think it was my junior year, but I'm not, I'm not a hundred percent sure if it was my junior or senior. I think it was junior. Um, I blacked out really hard at one of my friend's houses. Uh, I was drinking and he was, his parents were out of town. He was supposed to be staying at his uncle's. Of course he threw a party. I won't put any names out there. Um, but I remember getting super drunk and that was the first time I really like got turned up, like really, really, really drunk. And, uh, I remember crawling into his bed and slightly remember falling asleep and then very much remember my dad waking me up. Now, remind you, I am at my friend's house. He is no longer there. He didn't know I fell asleep upstairs because the party was in his basement. He is at his uncle's house. And, uh, my buddy, Joe, if you're listening to this, Joe, you are a savior. Um, somehow my parents got a hold of Joe and Joe told them where I was. He knew the code to get into my buddy's garage. And that led my dad to picking me up from there. So that was another uh, really good moment because my dad taught me a lot there. Um, 
he woke me up the next morning at 7 a.m. and made me do chores. And uh, he knew that I was going through something tough. So it was a little bit of uh, a tough love, but also a lot of good parenting. Um, Man, a couple other stories. I was at a Dave Matthews concert. (laughs) Uh, This was uh, around the same time. And uh, I had went up there with a group of people and remind you, this is like when we had like Razor cell phones. So we're not talking iPhones. We're not talking GPS. Uh, we're talking flip phones that run out of battery. Uh, and I'm at a Dave Matthews concert at Alpine. And I, uh, I'm i going to go to the bathroom. And the group I had went up with, um, one of the girls wanted to call her mom. So I had a phone and she didn't. So I gave her the phone. And we'd been, you know, we'd been drinking a little bit and I go into the bathroom and I come out of the bathroom and she's gone. And so the group of people I had went up with was like kind of like tangential friends. And I'll talk about that in a second about how I went through these swings of friends. And so um, I come back and she's gone. And so I'm thinking, oh, maybe they went to the bathroom. So I wait for about 10, 15 minutes. And then I'm like, no, she did not. So then I'm like, okay, maybe they want to go get food. So then I literally spend the next few hours searching, um, trying to find anybody. I come up on a friend uh, who is <laughs> extremely intoxicated, and I ask to use his phone. I try calling my phone. Um, she answers the phone one time, and then she doesn't. I'm trying to figure out where she is. I tell her meet me under this big billboard, so I wait there for an hour. She's not coming back. So essentially, um, I'm stranded at Alpine, which is in Wisconsin, and uh, end up finding a cop and talking to him as, as the concert was like kind of over. And my dad, again, drove all the way from Chicago to Wisconsin and picked me up at midnight. Dad, I am, as I'm recording this, thank you for all of that. <laughs> and uh, so I had a lot of ups and downs. Uh, I also tried to, again, another dumb move. Um, I was working at our local rec department, which is an amazing job, which this is one of my biggest regrets um, and one of the dumbest moments I ever had as a kid. I was working at a rec department and it was such a good job. It was like big bucks, like 15 bucks an hour in high school was huge. And I had the keys to all of the other recreational departments um, because I would go check them out. I would make sure that the garbage was empty, kind of like somewhat like custodial, but also very much like um, management position. And so I had keys to everything. So on the weekend, um, I was like, oh, I was with some buddies and we were like, oh, let's go shoot hoops at one of the spots that was close. So I let us in. We're playing basketball. We're kind of running around the spot, having a good time um, there for quite a while, just having fun. Um, Probably shouldn't have even done that. But then uh, one of my buddies thinks, oh, we should we should get some beers and play beer pong in the basement here. So, of course, that's a great idea. Um, And. At, thank God there's a couple of good things that happened out of this too. Uh, and you know, these are just, these are moments as a kid that I look back on and you, you, you just don't, you're not thinking, you're not thinking holistically, you're not thinking full circle. And these are learning opportunities. And I'm so grateful that throughout my learning opportunities, nothing really tragic happened because a lot of things could have gone wrong in a lot of these incidences. Um, and so I, um, had, we got a couple of cases of beer. We went to the basement and right when we're walking down the stairs, uh, pretty much my manager was walking down the other set of stairs because she was doing her rounds checking on the buildings. Um, there was cameras, 
you know, it was one of those instances where we could have left, but there was cameras and she didn't want to lose her job. So cops got called. We got semi-arrested. Thank God we hadn't been drinking, so we didn't actually get drinking tickets. And again, that was another really good moment where both of my parents sat me down and just wanted to make sure I was okay. Um, So those were kind of my major... If there's maybe a couple more, um, but some of my major mess up moments in high school, uh, we've all had them. And I think uh, it's important to reflect on them. And it's also important to realize that you learn from those. Um, Throughout that entire time, again, I was a great student. Uh, I made my freshman basketball team, but uh, on the last day of trouts, I shattered my ankle. So I sat out the entire season. Basketball, you're going to know if you have been following my dunk journey, uh, is huge in my life. I love basketball. I love watching. I love playing. Um, it's a, such a good sport because it has team camaraderie. It's all about defense. Uh, and it's, it's a skilled sport where you can work on so many different facets and get better at so many different things. So I sat out that season. Um, I was the only person from my middle school B team to make the freshman team. So that was pretty cool. Then I made the sophomore team as well and rode the bench, uh, which was important for me because uh, I worked so hard to come back from the ankle, get stronger, and get better. We had a really, really good team, a really good sophomore basketball team. Um, and mind you, our best player was what was a sophomore was on varsity. So our sophomore team was stacked. Um, so I was on our B team in the, in that as well. It was kind of like a hybrid. We had a smaller squad, but it was called the gold rush. Uh, and, uh, that was, uh, that was a super fun time. Cause I, I really learned about my skills, um, as a leader, as a support person, um, and that there was more to the team than just those five that were on the floor. Uh, then it was my junior year and I worked really hard to make the basketball team. I was, working at uh, shooting camps. I went to performance camps. I did everything I could to make the team and the names were called off and I did not make it. So that was the most out of all those other mess up moments and things. Uh, this was the, the, the lowest low um, because I had never felt that high going into something and at that low leaving. Um, and so, you know, this is where I think a lot of my ability to uh, work hard came from. So what I did there was I decided, um, and, I, and I just can't believe I did this because I put my ego aside. And I didn't really know what ego was at the time, but all I knew was that I wanted to be a part of this team. And so I asked the coach if I could be the stat. Now, mind you, um, a stat on a high school basketball team isn't the sexiest thing. It's like, what's going to get the girls? Um, but I didn't care about that. I wanted to be a part of this squad. I knew that the people on that team who are still my best friends to this day were of value to me. And again, like looking back on it, I don't know how I had this in me, but I just did. So I, uh, I did that for the year and I traveled to every game and I sat on the end of the bench and it was rebounds, blocks, uh, deflections, points. I kept all the stats for all these guys that, um, you know, I thought at that point were on my level and I worked really hard and still every day was in the gym working out, getting better. Um, I couldn't practice. I didn't go to practice, which was, you know, that was really what I wanted. And I remember um, the weight room in my high school, you'd go past the basketball court to get to. And so I was, this is when I got introduced to training and I'm going to caveat to that here in a second and then come back. Um, 
And so I was training. I was working really hard because I had a slight shoulder injury. Um, and uh, I'll talk through that in a second. But I remember every time I'd go up to the gym, I would just sit next to the court. It was, in, it was enclosed. It was doored in. And uh, I would just hear the basketballs bounce. And I'd sit there and I would just just hope that, you know, the next year I'd be inside those walls just to practice. Uh, you know, it's the opposite of what Allen Iverson had, right? He had the talent. Uh, and yes, he worked hard, but he wasn't about practice. I was about practice. And I think that that's why I continue to progress at everything I do is because I realized that practice is, is the game. That's what we work for. So I'd go and I'd lift. I gained about 10 pounds of muscle that year. I was still really, really skinny and little. I look back at my high school photos and I was a, I was a twig. Right now I'm drinking some, uh, some really good tea here too. So if you hear me take a sip, I'm drinking some, this awesome, uh, longevity now tea, uh, by Ron T. Gardner. If you need some good tea, gynostemma tea is awesome. Um, so all right, so we are getting stronger, getting better, working super hard on my ball handling skills. I knew that that was my biggest uh, downfall. Um, and so in the midst of this, uh, a couple of things happen. I, I get introduced to Dr. Philip Clausen, who's my mentor. Uh, Doc, if you listen to this, you're the man. If you don't, you're still the man. Um, and he introduced me to training. He was a former bodybuilder turned chiropractor, turned physical therapist, turned Olympic uh, strength training coach for the Bahamas track team. Um, and I hurt my shoulder. I went to see him because my really good friend, uh, tore his ACL and I, he had gone into him for rehabilitation. Thomas was my friend that tore his ACL. He ended up being our, one of the best basketball players to come through my high school. Um, he ended up tearing his other ACL. I actually helped him a lot through the rehab process, working through that. Um, and, uh, just such a good, such a good hooper and such a good player. And, Unfortunately, with those ACL tears, just could not go to the next level. He would have been a he would have been a stud uh, at the collegiate level. But I was really good to learn from him. So Doc introduced me to training. Um, we worked out. We worked out two days a week. Um, we did back buys and legs one day. We did chest, shoulders, tries, and core the other day. And we worked out. We were training. We did everything. I mean, we were in the gym for two hours. You drink a protein shake while you were there. You had another one on the way out. He taught me how you to eat. He taught me, uh, he was a bodybuilder. So we were lifting heavy. We were just putting on muscle, which as a high schooler is important to, to get strong. Um, and that's where my work ethic from the gym played out. Uh, I was a Lucky enough to be a lifetime fitness member uh, growing up, and I spent so much of my childhood and time at Lifetime Fitness. I remember we would lift, we'd do yoga, we would do, uh, we'd play hoops, we'd hit the sauna, the steam room. I mean, you'd get a smoothie after. It was the jam. Um, and throughout that process, I also got introduced to yoga. So I've been practicing yoga since I was 15. My mom had been doing it. She told me it was really good for you. I did it. I realized how much it helped me athletically. Now I realized how much it helped me mentally. Um, so I trained. I got strong. I remember the assistant basketball coach coming up to me and being like, man, like you got strong this summer. Um, and that summer leading in, I also went to every single summer league basketball game. Even though I didn't play, I just went to watch just to show my commitment I show up to senior year tryouts and um, strongest I've ever been, most focused I've ever been, best shooter I ever went. I went to a strictly shooting camp, which, man, I could I could stroke it. Uh, I would hit threes. I could shoot free throws. I could shoot off the dribble, off the drive, off picks. 
um, and I was a really good defender. That's kind of what my game was. I, I think of like a, you know, if I was to put me on anybody's game, it'd be like a Rip Hamilton, a Kyle Korver, um, just like a kind of a, a scrappy defender, get out in the open and shoot. Uh, not a good ball handler, but, uh, you know, I could play and I could work hard and I could bring up the intensity. So we get to senior year tryouts and I crushed it. I was draining shots. I was killing the free throw competitions. I won all the sprints um, because I just knew that, that that's what I had. Um, we get to the tryouts last day and the names get called off and I don't get called. So that you're talking about four years, six years, eight years of just hard work of dedication to a craft, um, of doing the best I could at the time. Um, and it just all crashes down on you. And so that's when I really fell off. Uh, that's when a lot of those stories happened that I just told you about. And, um, you know, it was tough. And so again, I somehow, and I don't know where this came from or why it happened. Uh, I think, you know, this might've been from zero to seven. Like I talked about, this is that conversation of nature versus nurture. Maybe seeing my mom work so hard. Uh, maybe the way that my dad helped me through all those problems. I don't know what brought me to this, but, um, that year I knew that I wasn't going to be on the team but I wanted to help. And I was like, what, what can I do to actually change the game? And I was like, well, we can bring the noise. So, you, you know, I, I get cut and I'm very upset. And my same buddy that I helped with his rehab, I'll never forget this. I think it was outside the physics hall, T-Mac, but I'm not sure. Uh, last, you know, day after the trial, I come back into school and I see Thomas in the hall. And this, this is my buddy that introduced me to Doc. This is my like really, really good friend still one of my best friends to this day. And uh, he just gives me a big ass hug in the hallway. Um, and, you know, that's all I could, that's all, that's all I needed. That's all, that's all I could get. Uh, you know, he couldn't get me on the squad. I couldn't, couldn't do that. And, you know, in full transparency, our coach was just a hard ass and he wanted to show that he was in control. Definitely not the best piece of coaching um, because you want these kind of like people on your team. Like, I don't care if I'm the last guy on the bench and I never see the floor. Don't even play one minute, not even garbage minutes. I just wanted to be in there and practice and push people around. And, uh, honestly, I needed it selfishly because, uh, it was just important for me to, to, to just get stronger and, and feel like I was part of something. So I, uh, decide to lead the student section, me and my buddy, Peter, uh, we, we go, well, let's lead this section. Uh, so we show up and we start to just recruit people. We make flyers, uh, and we fill up this section, uh, and we fill it up big. Remember there's 4,000 kids in my school. We had a really good team that year. I mean, we had guys that went to play, uh, tight end at Illinois. We had an NFL lineman. We had a walk on in Indiana. We had all sorts of potential other smaller D1, D3 athletes uh, go play. Like we had a squad that year. We end up losing uh, in the in the state semifinals uh, or maybe the round before that to Richards who ended up just destroying. That's where D-Wade went to high school. He gave a little halftime pep talk to them. Uh, so it was tough and we were without our, our starting point guard, Thomas, because he ended up tearing his other ACL. And so it was it was tough. Uh, and you know, that would have been a moment where I look back and it's like, man, if I could have slid in there, whew, you know, I still think about it, but you can't, you can't, you can't look back and, and think about what was, and we just got to focus on where we are and where we can go. 
So I decided to leave the student section and we bring the house. I mean, we filled up that stadium. We were ragging the refs. We were getting into the other guys. We were running around the court. I mean, we would lead cheers across the whole stadium. This stadium is bigger than probably most D3, D2 schools. You'd pack that stadium full of five, six, seven thousand people. So we led that group and that was awesome. Uh, and, you know, it was one of those things where it was like, I look back at it now and I'm very proud that I was able to get through those moments and not go too deep. So throughout that process too, I went through a lot of struggle because I lost a group of friends and was trying to gain another group, those basketball guys, but was always on the fringe because I wasn't with them every day. Uh, thankfully, they're still a lot of my best friends now and um, we grew closer in college but it was tough, um, and it was one of those things where I lost a lot of friends because uh, purposefully because a lot of my initial group of friends didn't want to go the sports route. They started getting involved in doing smoking weed and drinking a lot, and yeah, I dabbled in drinking. I never smoked. Um, I never did drugs, and uh, I was thankful for that. I don't know what kept me away from that. I definitely went through some, like I said, some of these little bouts of dipping my foot in and doing some dumb shit. But overall, I was a pretty good kid. Uh, and I worked really hard. I just I just remember like studying and working and playing. And I still ended up running track uh, more so because you got an athletic study hall so I could take an extra period off of school. But, uh, you know, I still did that because I enjoyed just the process of being in the gym, of being a part of a team. I uh, never made it to the varsity level. Again, it was, you know, I never played a varsity sport, never competed in a varsity event. Um, and so I'm not a gifted athlete, nor am I gifted uh, in the brains department. It's just about hard work. And I think that's the most important thing. Yes, if you marry those things together, you get the LeBrons and the Kobe's and the Tom Brady's. Um, and, you know, that's fine. That I don't think I'll ever be on that level athletically, but I'm always going to be somebody that works really hard. And so we're going to wrap this up going through college for episode one. So uh, graduate, um, get into the University of Illinois. A lot of my friends go get in there. And this is one of those things where you look back and you're just like, you, the, your decision making process is, is very interesting as a, as a teenager. One of my favorite classes in high school, um, very much because it was just kind of fun, was economics. Uh, and it was looking back on it, it was very not economics and more finance because we talked a lot about like stock market and things like that. And we barely ever reviewed. So I took AP, um, macro and microeconomics and, uh, enjoyed it. I had a really cool, fun teacher that had gone to U of I as well. Um, so I decided to major in economics. Um, and if you know anything about me now, uh, I'm not using economics. Uh, I am a coach. I am a trainer. I run live better. We do all sorts of cool stuff regarding people to pursue their purpose. And so I uh, did that and I did that for four years. I did really well in college. Um, college was also crazy. Uh, and we're going to, we'll talk about that now. So college for me, I will never forget because uh, it's where I really kind of explored uh, for the first time. It was being away from home. It was around a lot of my good friends went to college, ended up being on the same floor as my buddy Thomas, also my buddy Alex, made good friends with a guy down the hall, Chris, with Corey, uh, both Corey's in the hallway. I mean, we had a squad, our hallway AD was in there. I mean, it was a squad and became really good friends with them. I'll never forget my first night. 
my buddy's older brother was in a was in a fraternity house and there was a lot of bars on campus at U of I and you had to be 19 to get in, 21 to drink. You do the math, everybody's boozing. Uh, I was 18 uh, at the time, and so when we got into school, I turned 19 early on, but we got into school. One of my buddies that was, uh, his older brother was in the fraternity, was like, oh, I can get you guys into this bar, come through. So we get in, you know, we show the fake ID, we get in, it's all a joke, and just get absolutely trashed. Don't remember how I got home, and that kind of sped me through college. So I was a psycho in college. I partied super hard. Um, again, I never did drugs, but I uh, drank a lot. I still maintained really good grades, all A's and B's. Um, and it did really well in college. Uh, got involved in a couple, a couple things. Uh, worked out a lot. Uh, working out was huge. I met a lot of my good friends through the gym. Um, joined a fraternity. Started working at a bar my freshman year, which turned out to be one of the craziest experiences ever because, again, you had to be 19 to work at the bar and uh, 19 to serve alcohol, which is just a crazy flawed system. At the end of my freshman year, the bar was turning over management, so a bunch of people were leaving. So they, they threw this battle where if your friends came in and you served the most amount of booze, the most amount of money, whoever had the most became a bartender. Now, most bartenders would be juniors or seniors. Um, very rarely would a sophomore creep into the bartending scene. Never was there a freshman. Uh, all my friends come out, and again, this was totally illegal, uh, but they're all boozed, and, and they knew that it would be sweet if I was a bartender. So we end up winning by like 50 bucks, and I become a bartender as a freshman. So I bartended a little bit at the end of freshman year. Uh, I literally rose the rank from like used to like clean toilets, then you'd work at the door, and then you'd work in security, and then you'd be a bar back. Like, no, I went from like toilet cleaning to bartending, and the management had shifted, so nobody really knew that that was me. So like my sophomore year, I came in, I'd start bartending right away. And I was unreal. I lived right across the street from that spot, and uh, it was crazy. So it was a, it was a mix of partying, working out, and college, uh, going through ups and downs. Um, I had a girlfriend at the beginning of college that that fizzled out. Um, and so I pretty much just was like just a savage throughout college. Um, studied abroad my junior year in Barcelona, which was unreal. And I remember that I, uh, I just decided to go because one of my friends was like, she was like, hey, I'm going to Barcelona. And I literally turned in the form the day it was before it was due, got accepted and just was like, all right, we're going. So I literally lived in like the shittiest apartment for my first semester of my junior year because uh, I was studying abroad and I had to find a cheap place because I didn't like figure it out early enough to find only a semester lease. So I think my rent was like $200 a month, which was made sense for the place. Uh, Barcelona was incredible. I learned so much that, that, that semester in regards to life partied so hard. We went out every single night. Um, and these are, you know, I laugh about this now. Am I proud of this stuff? Ah, not really, but it was just, it was just who I was at the time. I uh, made really good friends when I studied abroad. I was so lucky to have really cool roommates and learned a lot in college from, from being in the bar to being in a fraternity that ended up getting kicked off campus for some stupid reasons. Uh, made a lot of good friends, uh, a lot of really good friends from the officiant at my wedding, Derek, what's up, dude, um, to those buddies that I had in, in high school that ended up being really good friends in college. 
Um, and it was fun. It was, it was a really good time. Uh, I had an internship that I got, uh, randomly. Uh, actually this is like beginning of LinkedIn. I think I found it on LinkedIn. Um, and I was working as a data inputter for a production product company, uh, which you sounds as cool as it is. So I literally would take the magazine, they were taking their business digital and I would take the product, the SKU, the colors, everything and upload it to this spreadsheet. And that spreadsheet would go to the internet. I mean, we're still talking here like the beginnings of a lot of the internet. Uh, I will never forget. I was an at AIM freshman year of college. When I left that freshman year, I was like, no way is Facebook going to be a thing. Uh, they had just introduced Facebook Messenger. And I was like, oh, AIM is way better. By the time I got back to sophomore year of college, AIM was gone and Facebook had started its rule of the world. Um, that was an interesting thing too, kind of developing social media throughout college. Facebook was a thing. Uh, we didn't have anything else really. I think maybe Instagram started a little bit later in college, but um, it was really nothing. So Throughout all this time, I'm also learning because every summer I would go back and we would train with Doc. Like it was just part of the regimen. Like I would booze during college, I'd come back, I'd gain like 15 pounds of muscle, and then I would like try to keep it on and not turn it into fat throughout college. Um, and we worked out super hard. And I just, you know, I never thought, but I'll go back to this that same guy that took me out of that party in college, Joe, had also been working out with us. And I'll never forget, he, he, he might not even know this, but he was like, Brad, I think you should be a trainer. Like, you're really good at this. Now, at the time, trainers were meat sticks. I mean, we're talking like the steroided out and tan, balding um, guys. It, it, you know, there I, I hadn't been introduced to performance training really yet. So uh, I was like, yeah, that, you know, that'd be fun, but it's not really lucrative. It's like, I don't want to be in this like dungeon gym all day. I like being in here for my hour or two hours, but you know, I didn't really know more than that. So we were working out at the time at an export fitness too. So you know about, about that. Uh, and so again, I got really strong in college. I loved lifting. I loved working out. Um, little did I know that that would lead to something. So then we're talking, you know, I got my, that internship. I think, you know, this is life. Like, you're going to work, you're going to sit down, you're going to get your work done. I definitely accelerated at that internship. I learned a lot. Um, it was a really, really cool company. Halo Branded Solutions was the name of it. And it was right in Oak Park, which is right by, or in uh, Oak Brook, right by my house. So it worked out great. Um, I made money. I learned, I went to trade shows. I did a lot of cool stuff. I learned about like, oh, this is like business. We did trips. It was cool. Um, but it was definitely just a data input grind for 90% of the job. Um, my previous years of college, I worked as a janitor. So my mom was a school nurse at the time. And so I was a, a janitor at her school for my freshman and sophomore year summers. So we're talking getting into that school by like 7 a.m., work until 3, work out, uh, eat and hang out. And I did that for two years and made, made barely any money. And it was, that was a total grind. You're cleaning toilets and lockers and all of that. And so like, you know, it was, it was a, that's what I did. Um, and again, that was so that I had money to pursue what it is that I wanted to do. Um, and work was just a part of, of what, what was the, you know, values of my family. So I worked, um, those summers, again, we'd party hard on the weekends too. And we had a lot of fun. Uh, we'd, you know, hang out at my friend's houses and go into the city and get super drunk and realize that there wasn't Uber at the time. So we'd pay a taxi a hundred dollars <laughs> to drive us back to the burbs. 
uh, at the end of the night, trying not to puke. Sometimes we would, uh, you know, we had a lot of fun. And so throughout that time too, I met Jason. So uh, I met Jason my sophomore year, uh, at the end of my sophomore year. And I'll never forget because my other buddy, Thomas, who I keep coming back to, um, he brought Jason into the bar because they had been in an event together. Jason was at Miami of Ohio. That's where he went to school. His uh, wife now, girlfriend at the time, Emily, uh, was at U of I, who I became friends with. He shows up to the bar. I get him super drunk. Uh, and then he shows up the next night because, uh, this might be TMI, but Emily was studying for an exam on a Saturday, which again is just, I don't know what you're thinking. Uh, but Jason shows up back to the bar cause he's waiting for some of his friends. I'm bartending again and, uh, we, we kick it off and we just, we start becoming friends. And now there's a billion pictures of us at bar dances, just like boozing and partying. Never did I ever think that that relationship would ferment into a business partnership and, uh, and a really, really good friend. So uh, we met in college, and then um, so college continues to happen. Junior year, senior year comes around. I'm living at my senior house with my friends, and it's first semester, and it's the job fair. So I go apply. Uh, I wear my my extra large suit with the the red tie and the white shirt with stains on it, and I go to the career fair, and I apply to a bunch of jobs. End up getting a job, so I get a job at Kohl's department store. I had no idea. Uh, I shopped there, but really had no idea what that meant. Um, it was a data analytics job. I got it my first semester. So I literally just did not give a shit my second semester and party the hardest I ever have in my life. Uh, I literally was out every single day, if not twice some days, uh, in the midst of that, uh, the biggest, uh, light, um, and the biggest highlight of my college career happened. Um, and towards the end of my senior year, second semester senior year, I'm taking a, uh, this is funny. I'm taking sexual communications, uh, which is a communications course geared around, um, interacting with, with sex. So it was having conversations and talking about it. It was actually a really cool course. Um, and it was a big lecture hall, 300 people. And one of the, uh, people that would check in your assignments or make sure you were, uh, had attendance was my future wife. Um, and so I met Sarah there. Uh, I was like, oh, she's super cute. I thought she was older though. Um, and because she was a TA, she had taken that class her freshman year. So she was a sophomore, I was a senior. Um, and so I see her and I was like, oh, she's super cute. So I see her out at the bar and uh, remind you, this is the midst of the call me maybe era. So I send her drinks across the bar and I am standing on the bar and I am um, in my full savage mode. Shirt was probably off, just screaming, call me maybe as that song was coming on. Uh, somehow she thought that that was somewhat attractive. So from there, we kicked it off. Uh, we had a, we, you know, we were talking a lot and it was one of those interesting things because before that, um, I had not really ever considered uh, a relationship uh, post my first relationship because that one ended just in a really negative way. And so we just, we just kicked it and we talked a lot. Um, we would just hang out more than I ever had with a girl. It was not about anything more than that. Um, and so that was really special because it changed my perception of, of what I, what I had initially thought about and what my mind was thinking about women at the time, which was very much, um, just, just to hook up and just to, just to kind of, you know, talk about that with my friends. And, you know, Sarah was, was way different than that. So we ended up just talking a lot. Um, and, um, it was cool because we formed a relationship early. Uh, she was still in school. So after I graduated, a lot of things stem from there. 
Um, and we'll, we'll dive into that in the next episode. So, um, yeah, this is episode one. I'm going to make this a four part series. Uh, this is just a series about, about my life. Um, and I think it's really cool to connect with people and learn about where they came from. Yes, there are things that I'm missing out on. Um, and I might do a recap episode. Maybe we'll do a fifth episode kind of going through things that I missed as I'm, as I'm spitballing here. Um, you know, I think we all, we all grow up and we get handed our cards in the beginning. So, you know, I grew up with a lot of positives, but there was also a lot of tough times. Um, you know, I didn't have everything I ever asked for. I had to work for things. I made a lot of mistakes. I did a lot of good things. Uh, I did a lot of uh, volunteering. Uh, I remember one other memory throughout this whole thing was uh, another memory that spurred that memory in, the, in my driveway was I volunteered at Mount Sinai Hospital. And I'll never forget this because, and this is crazy because my mom ended up, ended up finding this pendant recently, but I was there and it was around Christmas and we were handing out gifts and, and just hanging out with kids that were either sick or their families couldn't take care of them. Uh, Mount Sinai is, is in a, a part of the city that's just not the best. Uh, and I remember volunteering there through my church at the time and uh, seeing a kid and we, we just bonded right away. And, and at the end of it, I mean, you know, this kid didn't have much. And he gave me his, it was a pendant necklace, uh, you know, something out of a Cracker Jack box or a, a, a candy machine or something. But he gave it to me and said, hey, I just want to give you this Merry Christmas. And I remember like, oh my gosh, like this kid has nothing. And he's giving me this and he was super young. I mean, he was way younger than me. And uh, that was one of those moments that'll always stick with me about how important it is to give back. And your time is so valuable. And um, you know, that's one of the reasons we do our give back mission at Live Better to give kids wellness and yoga and breath and yoga mats for at Chicago Public Schools. And, it, you know, a lot of these things compound. Um, and so I think it's important to take time to look back at where you came from and how that's shaping you now and um, how you can fight past a lot of that. So a lot of habits, a lot of, you know, things I'm trying to break were definitely instilled in me as a young age, you know, that the trials and tribulations of being rejected, um, of being cheated on, of being, um, uh, of being, in all honesty, an alcoholic, um, and a lot of those things, as as I look through them, have shaped me to who I am today, um, and will shape me for where I'm going because I can take time and I can talk through a lot of this stuff, uh, and I think it's just an important way to really understand that you know everybody has shit. Uh, everybody goes through things and we can't judge anybody for where they are. You can walk by somebody on the street uh, and they could have had a a traumatic experience 15 minutes ago. They could be dwelling on something that happened 20 years ago. Um, And so I always meet people where they're at. And I think that that's a really important thing because, you know, we all have a lot of baggage. Uh, We all have a lot of good too. And I think that that good is not talked about enough. And that's why I tried to sprinkle in a lot of the positives here because, you know, we can dwell on the negatives or how we were raised or how we were conditioned or, you know, maybe we're part of a system. Well, in reality, we are where we are and there's so much positive and so much love and good energy in this world uh, that we can choose to be around so many of those good people. And so I think that it's important to, to think about all of the positives. And so, you know, this was my, this was my childhood up until end of college And uh, it's been really fun chatting with you. So I thank you for taking a listen to the first part of this four-part series about my life. Have the best day ever.